The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show do not necessarily reflect those of Take 12 Radio, KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, or our affiliates. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here are your co-hosts, Tony Mesbarger and the Monty Man. Well, welcome, recovery family. Those of you who are in recovery, those of you who are advocates of, and perhaps some of you who should be, welcome to another episode of this workshop that we've entitled Understanding Intervention with our friend Tony Mesbarger. This is a fourth a four-part educational workshop on the topic of drug and alcohol intervention sponsored by Benchmark Recovery Center. Tony, welcome to the show for part two. Hello, Monty. How are you today? I, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing chipper, man. I say, I say chipper because all the smart Alex in, in the 12-step support meetings don't really know how to answer that. And if I say fine, they'll... they'll They'll come up with some smart remark. If I, I say I'm doing okay, they'll come up with some better. They can't seem to do anything when I say chipper. So chipper is a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Now I have to remember that one. I have to remember that one because I've experienced the same thing you have for sure over the years. Uh, well, folks, I'm, I'm so glad you joined us. This is part two of Understanding Intervention uh, with the, one of the people I, I, I truly believe uh, – is qualified to help us understand this process, uh, you know, probably probably better than, than most. And uh, uh, Tony's been doing this for a long time. Um, this this week we're talking about getting the family on board. And man, Tony, I'm I'm uh, I'm associated with a gentleman right now whose wife is uh, well, she is just in the cups of her illness. I mean, it is. It is so bad that if he doesn't go out and get her some whiskey every day, she'll die. Um, and and he is uh, very strong in his recovery. He, he's uh, uh, a, a very uh, a godly man, and, and so is she. She's a godly woman. Uh, you know, this this disease is no respecter of people. And uh, um, but he is like the the faith community wants to approach this in a certain manner and the particular particular arm of the faith community uh in this situation just is not qualified they just don't know what they're doing and he's confused and they they're kind of they don't see the urgency of it um you know so we had talked a little bit about uh uh the dangers of trying to do this on your own particularly if you don't know anything about it we we talked about that last week um and you know now we've got another element in this thing you know we, we've gone from maybe you're concerned about your loved one to now getting the entire family on board and uh, explain to the listeners one more time before we get into this why this is dangerous to try and do this with folks who don't know what they're doing well, Monty, you know, what you do is if, if a family tries to do this on their own without any professional help or, or you know, a, a resource to come in and neutralize the, the, the room, what you, you, you can do is you can actually do more division with the family yeah. than you can good. Because if, let's say, and, and, and most family interventions, by the way, are unsuccessful. They, they don't work. Uh, but what happens a lot of times in these interventions, uh, family interventions, when they go in to do them by themselves, 
is let, let's say one person says something that's off mark or, or whatever, and then the guy or the woman or the man runs out of the room, of course, uh, you know, there's going to be a, the blame game will start to happen. And so it'll it'll actually divide families. Like, the, for instance, they'll say, well, you shouldn't have said that, or right. you should have said this, or you should have said that, or, you know, they'll start critiquing each other, and, of course, it'll divide the family. And uh, so that's there, there's a huge danger in doing that without a professional involved, for sure. Okay, so so I come to you and I say that that my wife is uh, just a mess, and we we think we've tried everything. I mean, you know, she's she's gone to to twelve step meetings. She's uh, perhaps she even had a sponsor at one time, or, or perhaps she hasn't done any of that kind of stuff. The deal of it is, uh, she's in the middle of the mess. And it's killing her. And I come to you and I say, what do we do? What What do we do? Um, there's a lot of people in our family that love her and we're all confused. What's the next step? Well, the, the first step in, a, in, in, that, in that scenario would be to take the individual that you're speaking to out of the crisis mode. You know, and you just, you just uh, what I typically do is have a, just a general conversation that, that's pretty much drawing a picture of the family of origin, which is going to be very important uh, in the movement of any individual. So you get a real comprehensive picture of the family itself, take them out of the crisis mode, and start start identifying who would be the most impactful people to address this. Uh, you know, maybe there's a grandmother, maybe there's you know a wife or uh, several people who would be involved in the uh, in the actual intervention. Uh, you know, you get them all on board. You get them uh, all speaking the same language, united against the disease of addiction, and and uh, and you know that's 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 the first thing I do is basically draw a picture of, of what we have here, and then try to of course make contact with those individuals or have them make contact with me. And, and and pulling the family together, I mean, you sit down and, and meet with everybody involved and just kind of figure out who who are the main players in it and, and have the other people kind of sit sit out? Yeah, absolutely. What you yeah. do is, you know, like if you have a face-to-face meeting, a lot of my work has been done over the phone, but lots of it in, in person. And if you go face-to-face, uh, you're sitting down and, and you're, you're really, you really get a comprehensive picture of, of who are the most influential people in this in this person's yeah. life, who can make the most impact. And and from there, you can pretty much draw how the intervention is going to go. Now, some, sometimes, you know, you'll walk in and, of course, it'll be, you know, it might not be turn out the way it's, it's supposed to. If you can get the first person out of the gates to do their letter or to, to speak to them, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's really kind of the starting point. And then from there, you're watching body languages, you're listening for words, you're listening for, for the most, you know, for, for uh, you know, for, for who can have the most impact on the individual. And this really takes specialized training, does it not? Pardon me? This takes specialized training, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the very end of the day, yes. I mean, you, it, it's it's always good to have the training to go in and, and, and do this stuff. And, you know, really the connection with the, ultimately the goal is to get a connection with the sufferer, the person that's suffering from the disease of addiction. And, you know, from our book, I mean, until you get that connection, all bets are off. Right. So the most important thing is that you, you get a connection with them. But that original meeting, you know, when you first meet with them, I mean, you're really trying to identify who, who are, who are the people that can really, really make an impact here? 
who's going who's who is he or she going to listen to uh, and of course the, the the value of having you know somebody involved in that again going back to the professional involved in that is it neutralizes the room a lot of times what will happen is it, you know when you walk in that situation not adversarial because there's a complete stranger in the room sure sure um, okay so you've got the family together you've got cousin Joe and brother Pete and mom and dad and everybody and their brother in there um, what are some of the oppositions that that, that you face? What are some of the, the the objections that these folks? I mean, there some you know most of them are mad or angry or depressed or or weeping mm-hmm. or I mean, my gosh, I, uh, it, it seems like a real big ball of a mess. Um, what do you do? It is. It is. And unwinding that is 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 tricky. Uh, you know, I mean, another, one of the things that you want to identify real quickly is, is who is enabling, uh, this individual to continue their behaviors. Uh, you know, usually, you, you know, you'll start to see in the family dynamics that there's at least one or two enablers in the picture. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to talk to them about, about shutting that down. And, uh, you know, that's, that can be a real difficult thing because a lot of, a lot of families think, well, you know, I don't want them on the streets and I don't want them starving. I don't want them, you know, I want them with shelter, at least a hotel or something. And they don't realize that that's what the disease of addiction feeds off of. In other words, as long as there's enabling in place, the addiction will, will continue on. And so if you can, if you can get the, the, you know, I don't call it the purse strings or the heart strings, if you can get the family to agree, and, and that's, that, that is so key, because if you don't have everybody united and on the same front yeah. against the disease of addiction, which does not negotiate, it does not negotiate, and you don't, you, you, if you don't have everybody on board, you can forget about it. And, and that includes the treatment episode once the individual agrees to go to treatment. Once they've gone into treatment, if the family doesn't continue down the path of their own wellness and starts to digress in any form or fashion, buy into the disease of addiction, which will be very much in play during the early days of the of the treatment episode, if they're, they're in other words, if they're uh, entertaining phone calls about you know coming home, uh, circumventing the treatment process, uh, going against the treatment team, just splitting the treatment team, you know things along those lines. Uh, if the family's not strong enough to do that, then the disease of addiction will win every single solitary time. So it's very imperative. It's imperative that the families stay united, stay on the same front, and don't digress in, into their own codependency or their own enabling. What, what are the, some of the things that divide, divide a family? Is there, you know, we talked about blaming. Do you find the family members will blame each other for the potential clients? Disease? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, you'll see a lot of times, especially if you've got uh, parents and and then the siblings of, of the individual, that's the, you know, sometimes they'll talk about, well, the dad is, you know, the dad is the problem. He did this, 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 and this. You don't understand the childhood right. that we had, you know, the, the, the kind of house that we grew up in. You know, there's always a little bit of that going on for sure. And you really, you got to put that aside. You know, I really encourage families, you know, you got to put that aside at this point in time. You know, there's that old saying, I think, I believe I said on the last interview, it doesn't matter how the mule got in the ditch, how are we going to get it out? You know, so right. it's not about blame, the blame game at this point in time. It's about everybody getting united and moving forward. But, you know, to your question, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the, part of the, uh, the part of the work for sure is, is getting these families, uh, out of the blame game. You, you know, we, we touched a little bit on, uh, uh, the show, uh, intervention, uh, last week. 
And one of the things that Ken Seeley told me uh, was that, and you had, you had touched on it as well, is that there are hours and hours and hours of unfilmed footage because it's not appropriate. Um, but there's hours and hours of work. And he said that sometimes they'll sit there for 12 hours straight just talking with the family. I mean, th- this is a tremendous amount of, of work and there's a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of uh, addiction jungle to weed through. Um, so, so how important is it uh, that people understand that are listening now that, that perhaps um, are thinking about uh, going forward with an intervention? How important is it that they understand this is not something that's going to happen overnight? It isn't. You know, most interventions, you know, there's a, there's a process involved. I mean, it's not going to be an overnight matter for sure. Uh, that's part of taking a person out of a crisis mode because they want it fixed right now. I mean, they, they just right. put it out of their – they want it gone. They want it over with. And that's what part of, part of taking them out of the crisis mode and tapping the brakes and saying, look, let's, let's do this the right way. And, and let's get a focused uh, focused effort here. But, uh, you know, Ken, is it absolutely 100% right? I mean, you know, what, what you see on TV is the end result of a whole, whole lot of work. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll start with the initial call, and, of course, you'll start you'll start getting a couple other people on the phone, or you'll have a conference call. It starts there. Uh, and then you, you, you arrange different types of meetings. There's emails going back and forth, in some cases text. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, there can be anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 phone calls before you actually do the pre-intervention itself. And most of those phone calls that are done in that, you know, before the pre-intervention, before you, you sit down with the family face-to-face, that's going to be, uh, I mean, that's a lot of coaching and a lot of education. Uh, most families are ignorant, and not in a bad way. They're ignorant around the disease of addiction. I mean, yeah. they think Johnny and Susie are doing this because they're having fun. They don't realize the bondage that's that's involved with with active addiction. So there's a lot of education that has to you happen. Bet. I mean, and most families do. They come to the they come to the table very very angry. And you got to you got. What I typically do is I, I try to explain to them what they need to be angry at, not the individual. This is a perfectly fine human being. Uh, God doesn't make junk. Uh, what we have here is you're you're up against the disease of addiction. And uh, you know my belief is it's an entity, and um, you know that's it's been my belief from day one, uh, from my own experience, my own uh, my own addiction myself. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of education that takes place, lots of phone calls, lots of email, lots of texting, and then that pre-intervention where you go face-to-face. By the time you do get face-to-face with the family, a lot of the work has been done, at least you know, some of, the, some of the, the sewing it up and whatnot. Then when you get face-to-face, then you have a pretty good idea. After you've been doing this long enough, you pretty much have an idea of what you have here. Uh, what you have in the way of an intervention. Sure, sure. Have you ever uh, walked away from one of these things thinking, thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, are all these people crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing about it is the, the, the disease of addiction being a family disease. I mean, you, you see pretty much, it's all similar. You know, it's all pretty yeah. much right. I mean, you see the pretty much the same same dynamics there may be a little twist here and there, but, you know, look, some have gotten ill over this a little more than others. Uh, you know, they, they're really embedded. They've been doing it for years. We're not talking about 
typically by the time they make this phone call, we're talking about not months. We're talking in very rare cases do you get you know where they've been doing it for six to seven months. Generally, you're speaking to people that have had years of experience with dealing with, with an individual with, with addiction issues. So, you know, you have, so, so if you have the equivalent in the families dealing with it and how they deal with it, let's talk families right off the bat. You know, these, these old boys, these girls, they don't come with instructions. Yeah. You know, it's not like you, you've, you've done the best you can, but let's take a different approach. Let's look at this a different way. Let's, what, the way you've been doing this isn't working. Let's do it. Let's try another approach. And, uh, you know, that really that sets them off in the right direction for sure. Is there any particular one particular family member that it's harder to get through uh, with, all, with all these principles that you're trying to reach them with than the other? Like, are moms more difficult to reach or grandmas or siblings? Well, it's interesting because, you know, uh, you know I've always worked in, a gen- in gender-specific environments. Right. Believe it or not, I would tell you that 70, upwards to 70, 75 percent, and, and anybody in admissions that's listening to this would know, uh, on, on a women, uh, gender-specific on the women's side, it can be both mom and dad. I mean, you'll get, most of the calls will come from mom or dad. On the men's side, believe it or not, it's mostly moms. Uh, you'll get upwards of 70 to 80 percent of the phone calls, the original phone calls, will come from, from the mother. Uh, so you'll see that. The, heart, the, the real dynamic is if you have the addict literally living, addict and or alcoholic living in your, in your residence, that always makes it real tough, uh, you know, because right. it's a little bit mm. different dynamic than they're living outside of the home. Uh, for whatever reason, I think it's, it's, you know, obviously it's got a lot to do with, you know, they're right there in the same home. They're all doing the same, you know, doing different sure. together, interacting to a degree. And that makes it a little bit tougher because they interact every day. They're talking to each other every day, whether it's, you know, uh, ill or not. I mean, they're, they're talking to each other every day. So coming in and doing it, you know, with somebody that's living in the home can be, can be somewhat difficult. Is, is, is particularly if they're living in the home, how, how, Difficult is it to keep this all under wraps before launch date? Oh yeah, that's definitely that's so important. That's a great question. I got to tell you, one of the, first, the the very first phone call is 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 it's got to be completely you know confidential. I mean, you have to make it real clear that this cannot the element of surprise has to be in place. Yeah. This cannot be leaked out. If there's if this person if this individual has access to emails or will grab your phone and look at text. Uh, then you need to be aware of that. Any conversations that we have need to be in private. Uh, n- nobody's to be involved in this that could leak this out. Uh, I've had that happen before, uh, not too long ago, matter of fact. I was working with a family, and, and the, the father, who I hadn't even spoken to yet, who was supposed to be giving me a call, I you know, went to his daughter and said, look, they're, they're planning an intervention on you. Oh, boy. <laughs> he, he tried to do the Lone Ranger thing and say, well, I'll just get her into treatment myself. And, of course, that, that did not fail. So, as a result, we're six months later, and this, this girl is still not, she's not in treatment. Uh, when, when working with these families, do you find that that things are, yeah, let's see, how do I, how do I word this? That, that families that come from a, uh, a strong belief in God, do you find that it's easier to get them on board or sometimes more difficult? 
Interesting, because, you know, of course, my approach with, with people, once you find out that, the, that they're a Christian or, or what their faith is, you can really lean into that. Because you and I know at the end of the day, and I don't care how controversial this is, right. at the very end of the day, this is, going to be, this is going to be about the individual's relationship with the power greater than themselves, and, sure. uh, and it's going to be a, a, about a support group. At the very end of the day, I mean, I don't care where a person goes, at the very end of the day, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, uh, it's about working with others. It's about being in the rooms. It's about service. It's about those things there, and of course, God sitting right in the center of it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, well and, and, and too, you know, to your question, is it, it, it actually? I find them, uh, you know, much easier to work with myself. I just, I just do. Maybe some people find it more difficult, but it's easier for me because they understand that when you explain it to them, and they're easier to get on board, and they trust. They have a high level of trust in their faith. Right, right. Well, the reason I, I wondered if it, if it was more difficult um, is because and we we talk a lot about this on, on our other shows is is that you've got the um, your 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 uh, average twelve step support meetings on the secular end, and, and and listeners, that that isn't a bad word. That's just that's just mm-hmm. a word. Uh, but you know, your Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, uh, even so far as rational recovery, smart recovery, I mean, they're not the uh-huh. same, but, but you know what I'm talking about. There's all these different methods. Um, and, and many of them understand the problem today, and I'm not talking about yesteryear. I'm talking about today. They'll understand the problem, but they won't understand the solution. And in the faith community, many times we understand the solution, but not the problem. Uh-huh. And, 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 just I was wondering because sometimes people of faith can be well, you know, just pray harder or or uh, just get up and do morning devotions, just stay busy, just you know do the, it's almost kind of like the secular community that says just go to meetings, don't drink in between meetings, ninety and ninety, put the plug in the jug, and mm-hmm. neither one of those solutions is really the answer. No, yeah. no, not at all. I mean, I always encourage people to. You know, to do the devotionals and do those things, they they got to they got they have to take care of themselves for sure. Right, uh, and that's that's very very important. But you know, one of the things while we're talking about this, uh, you know, the, the God thing, a lot of times what you'll find is is the the subject that we're that we're going to intervene on or you know or whatnot. You know, typically they're not just real happy with the God idea. A lot of them have had right. it shoved in in these in these uh, in these homes where maybe there's a lot of religion or there's you know. A lot of, you know, just a lot of God in the in the house or whatnot. They look around them and you know, head shoved down their throat. You know, God is the answer to this, and God is the answer to that, and they're in the middle of their addiction. They're going like, "Well, where's God in this picture?" Right, right. You know, we're, you know, I'm glad it works for you, you know, but it certainly isn't working for me at this point in time. So you got to be real careful. Uh, you know, in, in, in at least in the very beginning of, of bringing any of that kind of stuff up, I try to avoid it to to a large degree. Uh, you know, that's the that should be the the job of the treatment centers introducing them to 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 God, to, to the power to God. Right, right. You bet. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, more with uh, our friend Tony Mesbarger and uh, understanding intervention part two, getting the family on board. When we come back. Whether you have completed alcohol treatment or drug rehab multiple times or have never been to any type of structured treatment program, 
the Benchmark Recovery Center offers a full continuum of care for addiction recovery. This is the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio. And may I recommend to you Benchmark Recovery Center. They offer an extended care recovery program for adult men and women struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction. Located east of Austin, Texas on 70 acres, the gender-specific 90-day residential program focuses on the 12 steps, life skills, spirituality, and fitness. After completing the residential phase, residents transition into company-owned sober living and 12 months of aftercare monitoring. If you're ready to learn how to live a sober, responsible, committed life full of promise, Benchmark is here for you. To speak with an admission specialist, call 866-905-4550 or visit the website at benchmarkcenter.com. Discover a life full of permanent sobriety with Benchmark Recovery Center. All right, welcome back. And uh, you've tuned into Take12Radio.com on your internet dial, Recovery Talk and Positive Music. Uh, This is a four-part educational workshop on the topic of drug and alcohol intervention sponsored by Benchmark Recovery Center. And uh, Tony uh, Messbarger is uh, on the phone with me right now. We're we're talking about part two, getting the family on board when it comes uh, to intervention. Uh, I, I would assume that a lot of times uh, we're talking about split families, are we not? We are. Yeah. We are. And that's, that's one of the things that the disease of addiction does, Monty, is it, it obviously, you know this, I mean, it, it divides families. Uh, you know, it, it, it just does. That's the nature of this disease. Uh, you know, some family members will uh, will be will have a. Typically, what you'll see in that. Let me give you a father. Uh, you know, let me give you a husband, wife, uh, maybe with a son uh, scenario. Okay. What you got here is generally one of them is 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 enabling, uh, and one of them is very firm. So you've got you've got, you you start to the division's going to happen right there automatically. I mean, the mom, let's say the mom's the strong one and, and dad is enabling, she's going to be you know she's going to have some 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 uh, firm boundaries, and of course the dad uh, is is completely you know enabling the situation. Well, you know they're going to come at each other. I promise you they're going to come yeah. at each other and they're going to blame each other. You know, well you're not doing enough or you're doing too much or you know one of one or two. So yes, there's there's a lot of division, lots of division. And, and again, the work of uniting everybody, that's that's a lion's share of the work. And I really come from this, this point of view, too. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that I love about Benchmark Recovery Center and places like this, that, that you know, they, they get the family completely, they keep the family on board, completely on board during the, during the treatment episode. But you have to have that work done up front. I can't see, I can't see how it could possibly be, have a successful treatment episode if the family isn't united and on the same front. It just won't work. I always tell people, you know, you can send them to one of these places, but they're going to take the they're going to take the ribbon, right, you know, the parents are going to take the ribbon right off the present once it's done if they're yeah. not moving down this path of wellness. You know, so really bringing the families together is so important. The unification of the family on one front, speaking the same language, one voice, one message. Right, one voice, one message. That's so important. Uh, okay, take take us through a, an example of how this thing starts. Everybody's sitting in the room, and 
uh, well, before we do, before we do that, how how do you get the person to the event? <laughs> that that well, you know, you just look. The disease of addiction doesn't play fair. You don't right? I mean, you know, you, there's all kinds of. I'll tell you one up in, uh, that I did up around the Dallas area not that long ago. Well, actually, it's been a couple of years ago. Uh, the individual wasn't in his apartment when we arrived. The family, we all arrived there to do the intervention, and so everybody walked out of the parking lot completely disappointed. And I looked at the dad and I said, "Look, I said, uh, why don't you call him up and tell him that you got a check for him, and you don't know where it came from, but it, you know, it's a larger, larger amount." And, you know, I know you got rent due here. Just come come get this thing. I'll meet you at your apartment. And, of course, the kid came back over within five or ten minutes. I mean, he's, you know, he's over at the apartment <laughs> complex uh, walking in the door. We're all around the corner watching him walk in the door, and we followed him right in. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's different ways to lure him in. Usually I, you know, so if, with, with a, it just depends. Like a, with, an, with an addict, uh, you know, say a heroin addict, cocaine addict, or, mm-hmm. or somebody along those lines, I mean, money will, will lure or a man real quick. Uh, you can talk, or you can have, uh, you know, a family emergency possibly that has taken place. You, know, you can have different things that you can draw a man on. Right, right, right. And like- another thing about these shows, you know, it's like, you know, uh, and, and again, I, I would never down in these shows because i got to tell you, the value has been incredible over the last 10, 15 sure. years with the advent of these shows because they brought a huge amount of awareness. But, you know, part of the element of surprise is completely gone, you know, when you're following somebody around with a camera crew. Yeah. Uh, the, the element of surprise is not there. And by now, everybody pretty much knows what's going down. I, I think at the end of the day, I think what A and E did, uh, I, I I believe they they would convince the the addict or alcoholic they would, they would convince them that they were doing a documentary on them. Documentary, yeah, right. documentary. That's that's the way that they did that. Right, it was right. Real crafty. I mean, it was very crafty. But you know, it's like I said on the last show, Monty. I mean, I can't I, I can't tell you how many intakes I've done over the years of interventions I've done where you know these these people watch it. I mean, they're yeah. glued to intervention, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's amazing. I mean, they're sitting there hitting their crack pipe or they're, I know. whatever they're doing, and they're they're sitting there watching intervention, uh, which is pretty telling. I think most, most at some point in time want to be intervened on. Well, it, it's it, it's like uh, while in prison, the prisoners' favorite shows is usually shows like Cops. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're looking at the, they're going, hey, man, don't, don't run, don't run. Ah, you ran, they caught you, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you put uh, camera on the scene, all kinds of, you know, right. just everything. Right, right. So, okay, so you get the person there or you arrive at, at their, their home or whatever it is. Um, what are some of the the elements of surprise on this? Per- I mean, do you have people that run? Do you have people that just give up? Both? I mean, what do they do? I mean, that's I, uh, you know, that's a, there's there's the other value of having yeah. a complete stranger in the room who speaks first. You know, something along the lines of listen, your family is, is concerned and wants to right. say a few things to you. It's not a long going out process. It's not one of these things where you walk in and and everybody starts you know talking. I mean, at this point in time, you have really you've laid it all out. That look, nobody, nobody's going to speak at this. You know, when, when he first walks in, or when we right. when we go in, nobody's. You know, I'll do the talking, 
and you you folks just follow my lead. I'll I'll say, okay, mom, you want to go ahead and read your letter, and you know, and I and I'll generally say to the individual, look, just have some respect for your parents. Uh, very rarely do you have you'll have more in the middle. I have not ever had anybody that just got up in the very front end of one and just said, forget about this. I'm not doing it. Most of them, if if you can, you win them pretty quick and get them to sit down and just be respectful. You, you know, your parents have something to say to you, or your loved ones have something to say to you. Generally, you calm them down and they'll sit down in a particular area. Sometimes they'll roll their eyes, or they'll, you know, they'll be disgusted, or they'll look at one of the individuals in the room with a lot of anger. That's very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you you let them start reading the letters. They don't ad lib. They stay right on the letter, and then we just go to the next person, and the next person, and the next person. And and at any given time, and we start watching body languages in the room. You're looking at the act, the addict or alcoholic themselves. Uh, you're looking at the, the family members. You're looking at, at different emotions that are that are brought up during the the intervention itself. I mean, you can start to see if somebody's reading a letter, and it's tugging on the heartstrings. Well, you got you you know where to go next. Yeah. Or you can have you can you can, at the at the end of the the letter reading and everything else, you can have mom say if she was the one who tugged the heartstrings. You can have her elaborate a little bit more on what she said. Um, you know, and I, and I mean, a lot of times, I don't know if it's if it's luck or you know a god thing or whatever it is. It's mostly a god thing. Most of the interventions I've been involved in, and lots of them, you know, it, it's not. It's it's not a long drawn out process. I, I don't believe in sitting and hammering somebody hour after hour after hour. Uh, you get the family on board. If the person refuses to to uh, to agree to go to treatment, then everybody you know we, you, you step back a little bit. A lot of times I'll ask the family to leave the room, and I'll try to get the connection with the individual themselves. And I can't tell you how many times I've moved people doing that. You know, just right. getting a one on one with them. You got to get. Sometimes you'll see you know where they don't they don't want some in the room where you ask that person to, you know, to leave. That's all done in the pre-intervention, by the way. So you've, you've already set the family up to look. They may do this, 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 and this. Plus, you got to remember, Monty, one of the things about addiction is that it's, we're all the same. I mean, you know, the addiction's addiction's addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you're going to see the different behaviors. The, the behaviors are going to be pretty much the same in all of them. So you'll start to see, you know, some of these things come up and you know exactly how to move. You know exactly how right. to act, right. have, exit the room who to be there who not to be there uh, do you ever have a, a ever experienced a situation where the person just just gave in and said I mean right at, right off at the beginning I mean you just walk in and there's everybody and they go okay I give up and that's it yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, I, I've been involved in several of those where you're walking down the sidewalk, they see you come through the window, and they basically, they, they say, where do you want me? I know what this is. You know, I did one, uh, a couple of years back, I did one up in uh, around the Waco, Texas area, and uh, we walked in, and, and you got, got him out of bed. Everybody gathered in the living room, and I, you know, they went in and got him out of bed and brought him in, and and he sat down, and I said, well, do you, do you know why we're here? And he said, yeah. He goes, where do you want me to go? <laughs> you know, so and in that case, there, you know, generally, you know, I've got them all. The families they packed them, uh, you know, and, and the minute somebody agrees to treatment, mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I don't come from the school of let's continue reading these letters. I'm gone. I'm right. having the letters, right. and we're going. Because the nature of addiction is, is I mean, it, it you know, depending on their acuity, but a lot of times, I mean, they can they they can sw- uh, flip a switch on you in a second and say, well, you know, I, you know, by the time you get them to the airport, a lot of times, 
you know, they're already starting to vacillate and start to put, start to digress. And it's, that's a trick in itself. And we'll be talking about that on transport. But you know, that's a trick in itself is keeping somebody completely focused and moving forward. Oh man. Uh, okay. Um, people that are, that are alcoholic, uh, for lack of a better way of explaining this, because it's really, it goes a, a lot deeper than this, but people that are simply pure alcoholics, let's, let's just say that, um, are, are they easier to deal with or harder than somebody who is uh, a meth addict or a heroin addict or cocaine? You know, again, the, the one thing about the alcoholic versus the, the, the addict or, you know, somebody that's, that's uh, into stimulants or yeah. opiates or benzos or something like that is, you know, you, you don't really know what you're walking in on. A lot of times they can be in, you know, they've been in blackouts for long periods of time. Right. Uh, they're not, they're, they, they obviously don't live in, in the same world that we live in. There's a, there's a, it seems to be a, a larger amount of denial for whatever reason. With alcoholics. You'll see a lot more denial with an alcoholic than you will an addict. I think it's because alcohol is, is very subtle. You know, it, it, yeah. it, you know, it could take years before somebody gets to a, to, to a really bad state. Uh, with, with drugs, it tends to be the accelerated path, yeah. if you will. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, alcoholics can be a little bit, they can be a challenge for sure. And, and you, again, you never know what you're going to walk in on. Uh, you, you know, I typically, any, any intervention for, for this matter, I mean, I like to do them early in the morning, uh, especially, you know, if you rouse them up out of bed and, and they haven't had the sauce yet, uh, you know, then you, you might be able to, I, I never want to intervene on somebody who is completely out of their mind. Uh, now I have. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, it wasn't uh, but a couple of months ago. I went in and, and got a guy that could barely stand up and just looked at him and said, "Come on, I, I didn't even do it. it wasn't even, we were going to set up to do an intervention. It kind of ramped up because of some some violence that took place in the household. So I just went over there and said, "Hey, come on, let's go. You're, it's either here, or you're, you're going to end up in jail." And, he couldn't even put two words together, you know. So, the alcoholics can be a challenge for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when you've showed up at, at the location and not the other way around, have you ever run into a situation where their buddies were there and they were running and gunning and it was unsafe? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, not so much guns and stuff. And of course, you know, if you're walking in on a situation, safety is number one. Yeah. Safety is number one. So you really. You really want to scope out the situation. I mean, all the way down to dogs. Uh, you know, does he have a dog? Uh, you know, does, does he or she have a dog? Uh, do they carry weapons? Do they have weapons? Do they associate with people with weapons? A lot of times, you know, that information is known. Uh, you know, while he's running with a really bad crowd. And that's why it's really good. If you can, if you've got a situation like that, you want to get them in a neutral area. You don't want to do it if they're at a residence where you could walk into a, you know, a gunfight. Uh, you, know, you don't want to do that, yeah. so you get them into to a neutral area. Uh, I have had uh, a couple of occasions where I've asked people to leave. Uh, can you please excuse us? And uh, sure. they generally they'll agree and they'll they'll uh, they'll move along. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, very rarely. Now you will with a boyfriend girlfriend, and they're both using, and you'll have you you know you can have a little opposition there for sure. Uh, especially with uh, what I have found to be like heroin addicts, for instance, because that little love relationship with the drug and, and themselves, whatever, they, they, their delusion around being in love with each other, uh, they're, they're real dependent on each other for, for their drug. 
Yeah, and so you, sometimes we'll walk in and, and remember when you're intervening on this person, of course, this other one here is, is going to be uh, she's not going to be easy to deal with. Uh, a lot of times you want to have a solution for them as well. What happens when when you uh, have somebody that you're intervening on that has uh, legal issues, that has court issues? In other words, uh, uh, what, what's that term for people that are required by law to report? Uh, uh, they can be they can be mandated uh, you know, yeah. to, a, to a treatment program, and you know what really that's those are the beautiful ones there because you you've got you've got the legal arm on your side. There has to we talked about this last time. There has to be leverage, right? Uh, not only to get them to move towards wellness. The leverage can be in the way of boundaries, obviously, but there can be you know some leverage in the legal system. Maybe there's some uh, CPS issues involved. Mm-hmm. Or, you mm-hmm. know, kids are being taken away. There's current court cases with the of controlled substance or a DUI or something along those lines, that's the best leverage that you can get because you can get you can actually go to the probation office, uh, probation officer, which a lot of family members, if it's if it, let's say it's a parent, uh, have access to them and they tell them what they're going to do. Uh, or we, you know you can again the disease doesn't play fair, so you can you can use that in the intervention. Say, listen, your parole parole your probation officer uh, is already on board here. You just need to get with. So whether she is or not, or he or she. Is not. It doesn't make any difference. I move people regardless, and then once they're in the treatment, ep- they're, they're doing the treatment episode. It's a responsibility, or it should be the responsibility of the treatment center to contact the probation office and let them know that they list this person's with us. This is what they're doing. I've never ever seen anybody picked up. Uh, of course, most of your charges are not, you know, major felonies. I'm not going to say it's never happened. Right. But I have not seen it while I've been in this industry anybody picked up because they broke their probation by going into substance abuse uh, treatment and somewhat voluntarily. Isn't it interesting, though, when, when you uh, confront an addict uh, or, or an alcoholic with uh, we're gonna we need to do this we need to do that oh well I got a court date next Monday I can't I can't do that all, all of a sudden they're banging the, the holes that's part of the work that's a large <laughs> that's a great question that's a, that's part of the work that has right. to be done with getting the family on board yeah. is look for all the holes I mean they'll the, the cat who's going to take care of the cat who's going okay who's going to pay my bills who's going to yeah. who's going to uh, you know take care of my car where's where are we going to put my car what's going to happen to my apartment you have to close all all those doors. If you don't have an answer for that, the disease is going to attach itself to that. Uh, you mm. know, and then of course, the common question is: Is how long am I going to be there? And, oh, and how much is this going to cost you? Right. And they'll, they'll be talking to the family. And of course, you know, what a crazy question that is. I mean, the family's been <laughs> spending money for for, for attorneys, yeah. getting them out of jail, you know, doing all these things, and now all of a sudden, money becomes paramount. It becomes the most number right. one thing about right. why they can't do what they're going to do. Yeah. I'll... But they have to plug the hole. Yeah, uh, and and I mean, once you plug those holes, they don't they can't attach themselves to those externals that will uh, cause them not to be able to move, or what they feel like will well, they won't be able to move for. Right, right, right. So you, you've got to have people that are involved in this intervention uh, being willing to pick up the ball, right? I mean, somebody's got to take care of the dog. Somebody's got to notify mm-hmm. the employer and do all that. So absolutely. So, it's Absolutely. not just a matter. In, in most families, of course, they're they're very willing to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a there's a huge investment involved in, in getting a professional involved along with this treatment episode, and so, you know, and, and really in families, it's a, that's really the easy part. And, and by the way, most of them have been doing it anyway. 
Yeah, that's that's if very true. So incapacitated, they're not paying their own bills. Yeah, uh, they're not. You know, some of them are in the rears with most of it anyway, and so. Uh, you know, if you can come in and and, and you've got uh, you got somebody who'll take care of that stuff, uh, and generally, again, they've been doing it anyway, and just to the continuation of doing it for them anyway, and that's not enabling. I always tell people this: they'll say, "Well, you know, I mean, I'll have them shut down things. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, like a, a, a cell phone, for instance. You know, most of the time, especially with with these with addicts, I mean, you want to shut their their cell phone down, uh, shut their cell phone down. There's nothing good in there, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. So you wanted to shut some of this stuff completely down, but you know you don't have to do it all at once. I mean, they, you know, generally, the, you know, some of this stuff like apartments, shut that apartment down. You know, yeah. uh, if, if you if you can get out of the lease, get out of that lease. Uh, most of the time, it's not them paying for the for the lease anyway. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, and a lot of times the the owner of the complex that they're living at is living at is grateful they're not there anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. In my case, they were. Yeah, 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 yeah. You bet. Uh, okay, so I really, I really liked what you said about that. You have not experienced in all the years of doing this, where the courts come after them when you've got them placed into treatment and so forth. That mm-hmm. that's good news because I know that's a main, a big concern with families. You know, he's got this court date and that court date and blah 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 blah. He's not supposed to leave the state. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me uh, how all of a sudden all this stuff that that should have been important before now becomes important. Uh, you know, to to the active alcoholic or addict, and uh, to to like you said, the disease attaches itself like a leech. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to to all these excuses. Um, do do you do you find that uh, when when uh, the families do get on board that part of being on board that they're receptive about a lot of the work that they're going to have to do. And I'm not talking about filling the gaps. I'm talking about the actual recovery work they're going to have to mm-hmm. do because they're sick too. Are they pretty open to do that? Well, you know, first of all, you got to remember as a, you know, the nature of the family disease, it, yeah. it, it is a family disease. What typically happens is they're pointing the fingers going, well, once this gets taken care of, we're going to be okay. Right. See, and that's, that's, you're, you're, that's a great question because you're up against that. You know, he's the yeah. one with the problem. I don't have any problem. Yeah. You know, I'm only handing him $1,000 a week. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, you know? right. Uh, you know, they, they don't recognize that, and that's a, that's a lion's share of the work. And again, why would anybody send anybody to a treatment center? And I'm going to go back to this. I mean, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'll catch holes for I don't care less. Why would anybody send somebody to a treatment center without really encouraging the family, not in a formal family program. It's a weekend. It's powerful while they're on the property, but they go back to their jobs, their kids, and everything else, and they digress just like the addict does. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the idea, it's like Benchmark Recovery Center, you know, working with the family the whole time they're in the treatment episode, working with them to keep them moving forward in their own wellness. Uh, you know, you, 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 you'd be remiss not to, 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 to recommend that they go to the family programs of Al-Anon or Narconon or one of these, these these family programs to start their own their, their own wellness. Uh, go to therapy. Go go get your own help. 
uh, you know, it's it's so important. It's so important. But to, yeah, you'll see you see quite a bit of a resistance, and where you're going to see that because they're going to be agreeable right up front because they, you know they're they're trying to move everything and and whatnot. I mean, everybody's going to say, oh yeah, I'm going to start doing this. I'm gonna, just like we did or I did in my own addiction. Well, I'm going to start doing this, 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 and this. And, and I have maybe full intentions of doing it, but, you know, life is out here, and I'm getting caught up in life, and I'm not doing what I need to do. So it's very, very important to, to, to advance those families uh, as the, uh, the individuals getting getting treatment for, for substance abuse. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, we know it's a family illness. We know that there's a lot, lot more involved than just intervening on the addict. Um, uh, you know... What I'm what I'm picturing here is not only a lot of work that the family needs to do, but organizations like Benchmark. I mean, you, you know, they don't have one person for every person. True. Right. 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 No, it's 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 a it's a it is a. Uh, it is a hard job. Yeah. Any place that's really doing that kind of work with the family on a daily basis. One of the things that I like about Benchmark is that, you know, you know, in, in either the men, women, women or men's program, you have access to these, to, 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 to the, uh, you know, to their caseload managers. You know, you, you have access to them all the time. Uh, you got development notes on, on the website, so you're able to go out there and see where they're at in real time. You're talking with the families constant. They're talking to the families constantly, keeping mm-hmm. them involved. Because mm-hmm. Benchmark believes in, you know, you, you can't treat this without the, the whole thing has got to be treated at, at once. And not, not you know, I mean, I'm not down in any place that does these formal family programs. I mean, but, but what I have seen over the years is those are very powerful. I've been involved in many of them over the years. They're very powerful while the while, while the family's on property, but they all go back. They go back to raising kids. They go back yeah. to their jobs, their careers, and whatever. And, of course, they never, very few of them actually get involved with the family programs that the, uh, of Al-Anon or one of these support groups. Uh, so what you've got is you, by the time the, the addict is, and sometimes, a lot of times, these, these uh, family programs can be very confrontational. Uh, you know, where you know, there's a lot of stuff that is vented over a three or four day process, and if the family doesn't go back to therapy or go back to somebody that can work work through, you know, weave through some of the some of the issues that were brought up, and then the addict gets out, of course, you got a bombshell. Oh man, yeah, because if the addict if they come out of treatment, I don't care if it's thirty, sixty, ninety, a year or two years, and they come right back to the same environment. It's over. It's over. It's over because yeah. what you're going to have is hypervigilant. You know, the people are going to be hypervigilant. They're going to be watching every move that they make. Uh, you know, they're going to be doing all this monitoring themselves and whatnot. Uh, and that's why you're seeing these treatment centers. Uh, again, I, I mentioned Benchmark. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the best at it, and that is, you know, you have a, a monitoring program that complements the, the, you know, the work uh, that's been already done. It takes the family completely out of the monitoring system and lets somebody else, a third party, you know, monitor them and, and, uh, and watch out for their welfare. Because the families, what they typically do, if they're not treated themselves or do, there's just countless cases of this. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're just everywhere. 
you know, where the, the individual gets out and, of course, the, let's use a wife and husband combination and husband's into treatment, comes back and, of course, the wife's watching every minute of the clock. She's starting to sponsor him by telling him, well, no, aren't you supposed to go to your meeting? Uh, you know, and then that becomes nagging to the husband. And next thing you know, he's trying to get away from her so he can go have a drink. Yeah, yeah, it goes. It goes from it goes from. Aren't you supposed to be going to your meeting? To later on, to aren't you going to too many meetings? <laughs> of course, of course, there's going to be something. Uh, you know, you got to remember that family members bless their hearts. I mean, you yeah. know, again, I believe I've been put in this role because you know what I what I did with my families, but right. you know, the, the, what I did with my family. But I want to tell you this is that you know you got to remember over the years the families have assumed a role. I mean, it's written about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They have assumed a role, a caretaker role, or they've been they've played a role. When this person comes back and they're whole or on the way to wellness or, or wholeness, uh, you know, this this family member's lost their role. And so, wow. you, if there's no adjustment there, I mean, we're going to have some problems. Yeah. If anybody's, if there, if, you know, if there's any, any any loved ones out there that are listening to this, go to Al-Anon. Get a sponsor. Work the same steps that your loved one is going to work. Work the steps. That way you can live in this environment because things are not going to change overnight. You bet. You, you bet. And it's so important that they do that, that they, they, they work their own program and not their, not their loved one's thing because that, that happens a lot. It does, yeah. and it's it's just natural. It's it's very natural. I mean, you know, but, but again, they've been living like this for years, and they, and they have you know to to adjust to somebody that's coming back, and they're not they're not doing the same things that they did before. They're right, not acting right. the same way, but this person's always waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, uh, because, and, and, the, and the alcohol has conditioned the family member to do that. I mean, think about this. I mean, how many times did the family member, did I walk into my family members and tell them, well, I'm, you know, this time it's going to look like this, and I would pull it off for a good 30-day period, and everything would look rosy, and then I'd pull the carpet out from underneath them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Well, we're we're out of time. Uh, Tony, is there anything you'd like to add to this this segment of this before we sign off? No, you know, really, uh, Monty, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you what you're doing out here. And i got to tell you that, that really in the name of, of this, getting the family on board, I, I would just sum it up. Uh, if you have a loved one out there that needs to go to substance abuse treatment and they, they, they need help, uh, get get somebody involved that can get everybody united. Do not do it on your own. I said this in the last show. Do not do this on your own. Get everybody united. And I'll leave you with this. The disease of addiction does not negotiate and if you do not know how to speak the language against the disease of addiction it's going to win every single solitary time so uh families get uh, you know get, uh, get get united get everybody united on the same front with no weak links in the chain right right absolutely get united stay united not divided and uh, a person can get well. I mean, we, you know, absolutely. I, I, I love, absolutely. I, I love the, uh, I love this, these one of the statements in in the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous. It says that tired old lie: once an addict, always an addict, will no longer be tolerated. Uh, because you know how we will use that as an excuse. That's what mm-hmm. it's talking about. Uh, and it says the lie is dead. We do recover. That's the good news. 
is that it is it is the good news. And yeah. You know what? Working in this industry, this is my second life. I worked in the high tech industry for 14, 15 years. Right. And I want to tell you, uh, the success. If the successes didn't outweigh the failures, I certainly wouldn't be doing this. I mean, it is so gratifying to see families come back together. Uh, it's so gratifying to get text and, and emails and phone calls on on Christmas and New Year's. You know, talking about hey, we bought a house, we got a new kid. You know, all the different things. Yeah. You know that you see over the year, and it's not sending a widget out the door. <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. It, it, it can, but everybody's got to be on the same page. On the same page. Well, next week, uh, folks, uh, the topic is going to be face to face, and this is going to be very interesting. Uh, I don't want you to miss it. Uh, those of you who uh, have have already tuned in, either on our YouTube channel or on our website, uh, and listening to the audio. Uh, remember, you can rewind this thing, listen to whatever part you want to. Please uh, feel free to make copies, burn copies, click on the download MP3 link. Uh, if you have somebody that you know, maybe it's not somebody you personally uh, are related to or even friends with, uh, but you have a family uh, that you're friends with that have a loved one that is in need of this information. Please burn a copy of, of uh, each one of these shows and uh, give it to them so they can they can listen. The website is benchmarkcenter.com uh, that is sponsoring the uh, these this four-part series uh, workshop on the topic of drug and alcohol intervention with our friend Tony Mesbarger. Tony, thank you so much again, my friend. Uh, thank you, Monty. I really appreciate it. Look uh, forward to next week. Absolutely. Friends, don't forget, do something now that will make the person you will be tomorrow proud to have been the person you are today. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Tony Mesbarger, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.